This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Elsie. Oh my gosh, we are act- we're testing out Zencaster peeps. We're so far, it's out going Zencaster. well. It's going well so far. Do you know why? Absolutely. We can hear each other. Well, I was going to say because it's not Mercury in retrograde. Oh, is that what you were going to say? Yeah, because last time we okay. tried it was. All right. So we're trying it. I'm not sure as of now, maybe I'll write it in the show notes, whether or not we are going to use the recording that came out from Zencaster or not. Because the other thing that I've heard as well is that um, the recording itself has sounded pretty awful. That's a shame because you sound great to me. Well, I know. And that's what's been, that's what I've heard. Like the, with the connection, it's been amazing. But once the recording gets to you, then when you read it, when you hear it, there's like stat, there's like all kinds of funky stuff. So we don't know which is the audio. I will write it in the show notes for all of you geeks who want to see what we're using, right? So if the recording from Zencaster is all awesome, then um, I will say, yay, Zencaster. I'll put something in there and John will use that. And if not, we are also recording locally. So Jess is recording on her computer and I'm recording on my computer in case something goes wonky with this recording. We still have a backup. Because that's how we do it. Because that's how we will. Do you notice and- in each of our blocks, I'm just going to point this out, Elsie, like, where it says your name and where it says my name, you have really high little, like it shows you, I guess, your audio lines a little bit. And like mine are really oh, tiny yeah. and Elsie's are ginormous. Is that because you're talking more or because the computer thinks you're louder maybe? I think the computer might think that I'm louder because I see, I do see them. I do see what you're talking about. So if you're using Zencaster, like on the left-hand side, it's usually where you see the people that come into the room. Yeah. You see like a little, you know, rectangle the on the left-hand side. Whatever. Yeah. And then when you start to talk, there's a little blue line that moves forward. I assume if I was if I was too hot, meaning that I was recording too loud, do you think that that little line would re- make be red? Look, then? what else is that when you can double click on it and then the blue line gets highlighted somehow? Double click on your um talking line. Oh, yeah. What's that all about? Highlighted. I don't know. We don't know. Those are neat little Doesn't matter, things. I, I don't know what that means. So, but I do see that my lines are really big. Yeah, mine aren't big. Your lines are bigger. I sound. Your funny. lines are bigger. Elsie's lines are bigger. <laughs> She's more important. My ego is bruised. <laughs> well, the thing is that when lines are bigger, it's harder to edit. After that, if your lines are smaller, it's easier to, you know, amplify your audio or make it louder, but it's, it's harder true. to make, you know. So, well, then sit you know. the hell down, Elsie. Calm down with your lines. I'm still, I'm still like just recording like a regular person. So, like a regular <laughs> Look person. Look how defensive Like she I is. always do. <laughs> oh my God. Such so a dork. Um, oh. well, before we get started, um, hi, everybody. Hi. What's up? How are you? I think my mucus is almost gone. I have like, I'm like 98% better. That's awesome. Yay. I know. Finally, no mucus. I mean, I still feel it there, but at least I haven't 
blown my nose like a hundred thousand dollars. I think True. that just our our family alone has just you know really brought up the bottom line for what is it that we use puffs with aloe vera in them. <laughs> I don't like those. I do. Really? What do you use? I like puffs, but I don't like the lotion because it feels greasy. I like the extra soft and absorbent. They're called ultra soft. I like those. Oh, okay. The aloe well, vera, yeah, I, like, I don't we, like this that. This is what we use. Because, I mean, I don't like my hands to feel greasy. So, the aloe vera, I, I feel like when I blow my, noticed my fingers. Maybe because we use oil like yeah you're business, oily so people oily because you're already oily people but yes. i'm not i'm a very dry person and i'm now used to it and so it makes my fingers feel oily but also um i'm always afraid that he'll be allergic to whatever crap i put on his face and he's the one that has more snot than me usually so. yeah that's a good call i yeah. with my girls there came a point where I, I saw that the raw skin like you know chafing off of their nose was like Okay, that needs to stop. So like, for ongoing so. mucus, do you know what I like? You're going to laugh. I like the ones oh that God. are a little cold already. You ever tried those? What? They have Kleenex here that are like pre-chilled or something. You put them on your nose and they're like a little chilly. It almost feels... Get out. I don't know what's in them. I'm not shitting you. They already feel like they've been in the refrigerator a little bit. There's something... I don't know what it is, but gosh, it's such a relief when you have a cold, like you're sick sick. It's kind of nice. Okay, so you don't want to put like aloe vera on the nose, but you have like some chemical that's inside that's totally making something cold on your nose, okay? I know. It's weird. <laughs> Wait, I got to find out. What are the names of these stupid things? Hold on. Cool Touch. I have never heard that. Kleenex what? Cool Touch. That's what they're called. Wait, what's in them? Oh. Hold on. You're right. I don't know. That is completely hypocritical. <laughs> they have cooling moisturizers and aloe. See, but I've never used them on the baby. But I mean, when okay. I'm sick, I do you. I do when I'm sick for a prolonged period of time, like your family's been. I start to buy these just because my whole face hurts, and this makes it better. Yeah, yeah, totally. It know. seems like everybody's doing pretty good now, though. So good. hopefully, they're getting the, better. The the purchases of like you know three pack Kleenex boxes that have become diorama like artistic boxes. You know, yes, after, Isaac which is Mizrahi great. makes Kleenex boxes. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's been really really exciting and i want to give a little bit of a shout out to my cousin i know it's so random it's such a random thing but it's his birthday today because this show is going to be airing on february 8th which means it was just birthday, your birthday and i just wanted to say my birthday was a couple of days ago i don't know how and it I'd went love i'm to assuming ask you it how, how it went but i can't right because it's we don't it's know before then what are you going to do for your birthday do you have any idea i i would really would love to go to a yoga class um that's surprise nice. Oh, that's nice. That's but, a nice um, use of your day. Yeah. And uh, so that's been really great because I've attended two public yoga classes this year already. Good for and you. And that is more than I have in the past seven years. Wow. Good for you. That's great. That's been really good. And I good. have been getting on my mat every single day. So, good which girl. is, again, more than I ever have in the past seven years. And I'm not saying like I'm going on the yoga mat and doing like a, an hour and a half or even 60 minute practice, I can do 15 to 30 minutes and it just, it's, it's good. Like that's, that's a start. Is this your new year's resolution that you're sticking to? It's not necessarily a resolution. I think it's more, it's time, you know, Yeah. it's time to stop with the excuses. And my body was really suffering 
I was you know, like, like me being sick for this long. It was like, th- there are reasons why this is happening that are beyond you got a cold, you know, that are you beyond that you got exposed to some germs and, or my girls just started doing more social homeschooling things. And there's tons of germs in the house. Like it's, there's a lot beyond that. And so I'm sort of done being uh, complacent about my health. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, you know, I really, 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 really miss getting on the mat. I really, really do. So it's been really great. I love it. It's fantastic. Cool. So, so yes, I'm very happy about so that. So I'm never That's sick. It. And so I think it's because I drink Coca-Cola and I'm just going to keep okay. it up because I think it's killing every other germ that could ever enter my body. <laughs> I mean, I'm really, I know it's like the worst thing for you. And like you're, you're sitting here saying like my body was really sick and sad and like I had to start doing something healthy. But like, I mean, yeah, I'm chubby, but I'm never ill. I'm not particularly tired. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, except for being fat, I'm fine. (laughs) I don't have any like ailments. Not, well, it's just no high blood pressure, no short of breath, no like nothing. I have energy. I'm fine. I think it's Coca Cola. (laughs) It's keeping me alive right now. I don't drink that much. I drink like a can a day, but still. I think it's a can. I think it's not apples keeping the doctor away. I think it's Coca Cola. It's not. It's Coke. Must be. Great. Must Fabulous. Be. Now, I, I used to be a lot more active. I don't know how I feel about that, Jess, just to let you know. I don't know if that's oh, going to bite you behind later. No, it's complete <laughs> bullshit. No, I'm sure it is. I'm sure my teeth are suffering from nothing else. I'm sure I have cavities oh up the waz. Yep. But no, I mean, but it doesn't, it, I, I was just going to say, I was going to start in a particular exercise thing, and I just haven't gotten to it. The only resolution I've kept so far is like trying to be more mindful of other people and having more connection to other people. That's the only thing I've done so far. Good. Uh, well, yeah. that's it's great. I don't think that you should add too many things on top of it. Maybe and, next year I'll because be Because if you do the one thing, it'll start to open the other stuff up. Yeah. It's just that, you know, there's part of it is just the fact that I, I used to be a lot more active, you know, um, yeah. when I was in Pittsburgh. I walked every, I, I walked every day. I was I was Well, you had somewhere walk- to go there. You don't. Yeah, the exactly. Mountain. And then here it's perhaps the most sedentary I've ever been in my entire life. Like I've never had it's not that I have to be inside but it's there's there there used to be a a reason like okay i have i have to go to the co-op to get almond milk or something like that and it wasn't like oh maybe we need no no it was like you need to go so it was like get the kids get the stroller push 50 pounds of stroller plus possibly over 100 pounds because we had all these bags and the two girls and i'm schlepping along pushing the stroller even if it wasn't very long it was like you know maybe a mile or so but that's a pretty decent amount of work that's like at least 20 there, minute walk back yeah of course it pushing stuff you know yeah, so that's we what did I mean. this a lot yeah and now I don't really have that. Yeah. So there's been a lot of big shifting going on, and that's really important. It's interesting. So, it's interesting the things you know. Yeah, that's you about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I hope you have a good birthday, and I guess we'll talk about it next time. I know exactly, right? Thanks. Well, I hope you had a good birthday because it's in the past. It's really crazy. So anyway. Yeah. But we're going to be having our podcast, Your Pants Off uh, webinar coming up here, guys. Yeah. It's going to so- be uh, happening on February 17th. Go ahead and tell them about it. February 17th at 2 p.m. And I know most of you have podcasts already, but um, it's all brand new, fresh information. So it probably wouldn't hurt to get a refresher just on the different formats, different ways of recording, the different tech, because that's totally different than when I we first created this webinar. So even if you're not relatively new, you may still want to 
get in on it. And yes, there's going to be a replay if you can't make it and it will be free. The whole thing is free. And it's shepodcast.com forward slash pants off. And then you can also just share that too for people who you know are wanting to start a show or not sure if it's right for them because we go, it's like the longest webinar of our lives, like going through this, it is. these slides. It is it's like be long. such, it's so much content. Yep. So it's not, it, we, our, our hope, our desire is to be able to have you guys, newbies or, or even people who have just newly started or you want a refresher, to be able to go and check this stuff out and, and basically know what your next step or, or how to start a podcast by the end of the webinar. And we're, I mean, honestly, it is going to be the longest webinar ever. So don't expect like really quick that you'll get everything that you need in probably in less than an hour. This is maybe an hour and a half. It's usually like an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It lo- it's looking like it's going to be longer than that. And um, <laughs> as of now, we're like, uh, it's never ending. Yeah. But yeah. I want to test something out. I'm going to create a click to tweet just for these show notes, right? For this sh- for these show notes for now and the show notes for next time. So as a test to see if you guys can help us share in case you want to share uh, this webinar, because I know there's a lot of people who are starting podcasts and we're going to address things from, you know, hardware, software to workflow to monetization, all that stuff. We're going to give it to you. So I'm going to create a click to tweet. And what that means is that when you check out our show notes, so if you're listening in your podcast app or something like that, or on Stitcher or whatever way that you're listening, even if you're on our website listening to this, there's a show notes and there's going to be links there. And I'm going to make it really obvious that I'll say click here to tweet. And what happens when you click to tweet is you click that hyperlink and it automatically kind of like pops up the Twitter client with a pre-filled tweet with the link already for the webinar. So if you guys want to share that, that would be really, really helpful. And it's probably one tap or maybe two taps for you. I'd like to see how that works. So it's kind of like a test on my side, and, and it's also a really great way for you guys to support uh, getting the word out for that webinar. So we'll see how that works. And it'll be in the show notes, so you don't have to go anywhere. It's right there. All right. Yeah. La, la, la. La, 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 la. Hey. Okay. Yay. So, so we're going to be addressing a couple of little articles here. <laughs> we're going to be uh, addressing an article, actually, that Rob said is, is perhaps... <laughs> That man cracks me up. This is Rob Walsh. Uh, the worst article that he has ever seen. He's, he I wants love to actually. He gets all oh my God. He's gonna, he said he's going to so create funny. an article because of the article that we're going to discuss right this now. This is the Liz article? No. The bridge ratings? Yes. Yes. Bridge the bridge rating, not the Liz article. I was going to say, God, how could no. he do that to my friend Liz Kovart? That's no, mean. no, no. Liz, Liz article is amazing. That's why I have it there because I think okay. it's a wonderful. Well, you like, had it first, so just yeah, I know. Just Liz, so you know, I'm only following the show notes that I got what a half hour ago. Oh yes, that's true. That's and true. we're about to start you an article, correct. and I see your link before the Rob link, and I'm like, wait, Elizabeth Covart. Don't say that's yeah. the one that made him mad. That's a great one. No, no, no. That's our fantastic article, which about- I think is we're going to reference. We're actually going to reference it, you know, throughout this. But the, no, the article is the bridge, bridge rating ones. And he says he wanted to create a, a new segment on the feed called What Are the Idiots Writing About Podcasting Now? Oh, God. <laughs> so this is from Bridge, Rater, bridge Ratings, and it's called Podcasting at a Crossroads. And I was like... We're at a crossroads. (laughs) I'm going to sum up the points of this article, okay, that he says, this is why podcasting is at a crossroads. And please, guys, if you're listening and you completely disagree with me, please, I'm sorry about... First, I just want to say it's called Bridge Ratings Media Research. So the fact that it's terrible upsets me because 
It's research. Yeah, but it's research being done by people who are only under, they understand like one little bit of. But just because we don't like the results doesn't mean it's not quantifiable. Anyway, well, I know, but the thing is that they don't really understand, like, they haven't really been doing, I don't know it, you know, this is why it's such a challenge for me when I see these kinds of results. It's it's because we don't know where they got their data. We don't know what the consumption habits are. It's like there's so many, it's it's like where so many uh, of the medical survey data are out there, like, coffee is not good for this, coffee is good for that, chocolate is good for this. Yeah, 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 you're right. But it's annoying because it's you don't, especially when people don't understand an industry, when they don't understand, like somebody starts to talk about, well, there's a gene that makes you fat and you have no control over that, you know, and then like, and then maybe somebody just wants to go off on that. And then it basically is, that's the only part of the conversation. They're not going to be talking about lifestyle. They're not going to be talking about mindset. They're not going to be talking about community influence on somebody who's overweight. You know what I mean? There's there's all of these different layers. It seems like with these types of, of proposals or reports, they're really only looking at one side of the equation. And it makes no sense, at least for me. So anyway, a summation of the points of <laughs> what we have going on over here. So he says that it's too hard to listen. That's a problem. Yes, that it's too cumbersome of a process. And so they don't start listening in the first place. Yeah. And then people quit listening, basically, because long podcasts are too long and that just, people just stop. Yes, but this graph says within the first 600 seconds, 77% of people have abandoned, which is five minutes. No, 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes, 600 seconds, right? So that means that all of our listeners are done within 10 minutes, no matter how much we talk. That means no one's listening right now. Well, 30 people, like if we had 100 listeners right now, 30 would be listening. They're missing out. Hi, 30. Hi, 30. What's up, Dave Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Liz Covart? <laughs> How are you, oh Patrick? My God. <laughs> I know, exactly. We know who they are. It's fine. Yeah, we know who they are. <laughs> Just kidding. I know there's yeah. a lot of people that do Hello. listen because they tell us. Hello, Miss Anise, Dr. Anise. Hi. Shout yes. out. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Hello, right. Nicola Bood. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, so, yes. Oh, and then, oh, and yeah, so peeps are quit. And then downloading is so hard. That's like his biggest complaint. Downloading is so hard. Not for us. Well, okay, so this is a quote. In a recent study, Bridge Ratings uh, has found a rising tide of opinion by average audio consumers that asks the question, why aren't podcasts streamed like music? Knowing how to listen to a stream of music or video online has become pervasive. Most of us know how to do it. It's become second nature. So why not podcasting? End quote. I'm really kind of confused by that. Why? Because isn't, don't you just press play? You have to find what you're looking for first. And I guess they're saying music and video is easier. To find. We're not talking about downloading. If he said in a recent study... That people would, you know, why aren't podcasts the same as music or why can't I find podcasts the same way that I can find music and videos? I could totally agree with that. But I don't understand why. I don't know how it, that's not the same. Like if I've been doing all kinds of research since I've been planning for, for the, you know, the webinar that we're doing. And I'm listening to a ton of podcasts or at least snippets here and there of a lot of people's podcasts that I haven't listened to before. 
that I'm not downloading, like, you know, I'm not sitting there and like downloading the entire file onto my computer or my iPhone and then listening. I'm just tapping on their websites and I'm tapping on the iPhone apps that I'm using and I'm listening that way. So I guess I, I'm just confused as to why downloading is so hard. I don't understand why don't is that hard. That downloading is hard. That's not. That's not what he's asking. He's saying why, if it's not that hard, if it is pervasive, why is podcasting not second nature like the other two things? And then they go on to say, well, the first thing is what it's called. Oh yeah, but we're gonna get to that in just a second. So anyway, the last thing. Oh yes, and then so the last thing that he said. So these are the complaints again. It's too hard to listen. People quit if it's long because people quit because it's long, and downloading is so hard. And then the last thing, podcasting, the name needs to go. And audio on demand is better. So and I don't agree with that for sure. Those are his summation of the points of why podcasting is at a crossroads. So. And then it continues to go into the whole downloading is such an issue thing. All they're saying is, I love when Rob gets all hyped up. All they're okay. saying is that last year, it says 2016. So I guess this is in the last month. 30% of all people in their study had listened. And for people 18 to 34, 45% had listened, which is good. Yet weekly and monthly consumption remains low compared to other things that they're doing, like, I guess, Hulu or Netflix or Pandora or whatever. So they're saying even though the numbers are better than they were last year, it could still be better. It should and still could be better. And so that's the first chart. And then the next chart is like, you know, with the ease of use obstacle eliminated through on-demand streaming, it becomes on-demand audio, just like everything else. I guess my question is, why is he saying it becomes on-demand audio? If it, it, I don't understand the difference. It is. You can, I can listen at any time I want. When was it not on-demand audio? That's what I'm saying. I think that what they're saying is that the term podcast has a negative connotation. Ugh. Because so it's between iPod and broadcast. Whatever. If you're going to start to fight about that, it's, it's just... Uh, it's so it's it it really that's not that's not the thing that's that's just not the thing it's sort of like somebody going like you know we need to rename a, an auto uh responder series we need to name it something different because auto responder series i don't know i don't know if people understand what that is maybe we yeah, should I mean, call I don't it think that's a storytelling via email I don't think you know, that, and it's yeah, like, the name what? podcast is not really a problem. I agree. It's not really a problem. And downloading it, I would I would agree with you for the most part that it's not really a problem. But try explaining to your 65-year-old father how to find it on his own iPhone and you'll understand why it's kind of an issue. Like you open Pandora and hit search. But for a particular podcast, I had to walk him through finding the app, telling him what it looked like. Because it's already there and it's something they already ignore if they're not already But you listening. already downloaded Pandora for him, didn't you? No, he, no, I don't even know if he uses Pandora. I'm just saying well, most saying. people it's know like, how to use it because they go after it themselves. Podcast is already on the phone when you purchase it and it's the thing that people ignore until they want to listen to a podcast and they're like, I don't know what to do. I think it's on here. I forget what it looks like. He called me and he was just like, tell me what. And I was like, it's the purple with the little man and the circles. And he was like, okay. <laughs> And then I, he opens it and it's immediately overwhelming. It's got features and categories. And I was like, just type in the name of your podcast. And he found it. And he's like, what do I do? Do I just listen or subscribe? And I'm like, well, you can either download it with this button or you can stream it by hitting the title or you can subscribe. I mean, it is a li 
for us, it's stupidly easy. For someone who's never done it before, it's not the same as Pandora, right. which you never download or keep. It's just a little different. I mean, whatever. It's not complicated. He's He does have a master's degree. He's not an idiot. I'm just saying. I understand. <laughs> I think it just also depends on people's um, consumer habits, you know, because we are used to doing a specific never done thing. It before. Like people who go, you know, people who are, um, you know, watching things or watching videos on YouTube have things that they do on YouTube that I have no idea. Not like meaning... You know, there are certain. Why would you subscribe to a channel like as a YouTube consumer versus just searching for what you're looking for? Right? There's yeah. a difference between that. I'm sure that there is different protocol to what that means in in terms of the community that you're working with over there. I I understand. The thing is, too, it's like I've been listening to music on uh, Apple Music, right? And I do a lot of searching and I, there's been times when I'm like, oh, I have to add this to my music. And it says, okay, add this to my music. And then I'm like, where's my music? Okay, here's my music. And then why isn't that thing there? Like, I can't find the thing I added. So then I just search for it again and it's kind of annoying. And then you can't really do it off of the phone, but you can do it on the computer. And then the phone is a little bit more complicated. It just, so it depends on what you're using. I'm really, really new to Apple Music. I've never used Spotify and I've, well, I have used Spotify and Pandora like a couple times, but I'm not a power user of those things. I've decided to choose Apple Music. So, you know, there's, there's all of these things that I have to deal with trying to figure stuff out. It's not that easy for me to get music either. It's like you saying, like, well, everybody knows how to use No, I don't know how to use that because I've never used it. I think the study I, was so. just trying to figure out, like, why it hasn't grown faster. And these are the answers it came up with based on their little I survey. Guess. Like, I don't I'm know just, why. I'm... Again, it's like, I don't know why independent podcast. I mean, I know that we love the mom and pop podcasters, but we don't have to be so defensive when every time someone comes up with something slightly negative. I mean, it should be more popular. It should have been more popular when it started 10 years ago. Like, there's no reason why in 2006, me and you and five other people were the only ones listening to Ricky Gervais. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> why? It was a great, it's a great podcast. Adam Curry's had a great podcast. There's been so many great podcasts for so long. Right. Like, why? Why only now? Why 10 years later? Well, I think it's just because, you know, I do, I agree that the big, you know, changer of all of these things that makes it now, like there was a big game changer for this was the uh, smartphones and the iPhone specifically, because it does, you know, having data at your fingertips was huge. I mean, before, you know, I had my iPod and I had to come in my my house and I had to download all the podcasts and then I had to sync it and it was so annoying, but I still, I still did it. I still did it it too. Yeah, so but I get it. But now you don't have that. Now you can go on Twitter and if somebody puts a link and you want to listen to the link, you can just tap it and you can start streaming right away. Or, you know, it's semantics. It's semantics, really. But um, it's not a real stream. But at the same time, you can just tap a button and start listening. That's the whole point. That's that's really the case. The thing is, though, there's a lot of apps that are not made to sustain prolonged listener and prolonged listening and even prolonged listening for longer than what 15 minutes maybe because there's a lot of apps like if you click through on on Twitter or even on Facebook if you move out of those apps and you're in the middle of a podcast it disappears the audio disappears mm-hmm. and then you can't find and then it's like what what happened so that to me is a oh I can't stand it yeah so crazy I know I just, so I can see that those things are this is gonna annoying. be our theme today that's all what, what's gonna be our theme why do we have to get mad at what everyone else is doing? 
That's our theme. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the theme. That's my theme okay. anyway. That's your theme. I'm the peacekeeper. So this is what he says. He says the download model hinders audience engagement. There's no immediacy of a live stream, and that impacts the ability to drive immediate audience engagement for both podcast creators and advertisers. Now, I guess, again, my question is, why does it need to be immediate? And from all the data and all the you know stats that I've seen from people who do do live podcasting and then also put it out there, including This Week in Tech, which is a multi-million dollar um, podcasting network, he gets about 15 to 20% of his entire audience that shows up live. The rest of it, by far, consumed later. Yeah. Which is on demand. So why is he talking about audio on demand and now saying that the download model hinders audience engagement, which I think is crap. Yeah, that's just dumb. I just got an email from a woman from Dubai uh, who has decided to become, oh, no, actually, I, this was a different person. So sorry. Sorry, Dubai uh, lady. Um, but this from another woman who is in South Africa who sent me a message on Facebook and said, basically, thank you. You have been my teacher through all of these years. Now I'm doing my yoga teacher training. I just wanted to reach out to you and tell you. I have not put out Elsie's yoga. She started practicing with my stuff since she said, I've been a yogi since 2012. So she's been with me for four years. And, you know, I have not published an episode of Elsie's yoga class in almost, actually, in over two okay. years now. So how is that not audience? I don't understand. How is that not audience engagement? How is that not brand loyalty? She's actually coming to me, thanking me for being her teacher, and she's never even met me. Yeah. So anyway. That's nice. No, I agree. I don't remember seeing that part about why it has to be immediate. That's ridiculous. In fact, I tried to do a live podcast and it didn't work. So anyway, there's number three. He says, data, the download model is holding the industry back in terms of brand advertiser adoption. It creates constraints on ad inventory and measurement. The measurability of streaming provides insight into audience behavior, which is entirely lost in a download model. And like music streaming platforms, a streaming model for on-demand audio gives advertisers and uh, ad agents and agencies what they're waiting for audience measurement, which I understand. I, I understand why they would want that. I think that that is a, an issue because there's no real way to measure audience behavior. Mm -hmm. There isn't. I mean, we can't, we, we can't know if the truth is that, that, you know, all of our audience here for the most part really only listen to the first 10 minutes of our show. Nor do we care. Yeah. But then I guess, but there's other places like, I believe, is it YouTube? Does YouTube, YouTube gives you that, those stats, yes. though. Yeah. Do you look at those? No. Well, I guess if you're doing a lot of YouTube stuff, you would. I don't. Because I'd be, yeah, I guess if that would be important if you're trying to sell something and you're selling it at the end or something. Or if you're building a business around YouTube videos, you would want to see which ones everybody gets through till the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to know for your own content purposes, but like, for the but, most so part. Eh, would cares. that help us? Would that help us to know if people are actually listening through? Like, I'm, I wonder how many people would quit if they saw that people would just, <laughs> would just like, eh, just listen to the last five minutes. I mean, to the first five minutes and then they were gone. And the majority. What if that was like, you know, 70% of your audience was like, you know, leaving or not listening through? You mean, would you stop podcasting? Yeah. Would you stop podcasting? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either, but I'm just, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. To see if like they feel like everybody's listening because 
in podcasting the way that it's measured right now, if I start to listen to a podcast, that automatically counts as a download. That automatically counts as a download for you. So when you see it, you see, ooh, somebody listened. But truly, I could have just listened for the first five minutes and been done with it and not listened all the way through. So we don't have that kind of data, which I could see why it's you know, important or whatever. But then podcasting, you always come back to it too. You know, there's a lot of times when I cannot get through a specific podcast episode. It takes me three days to do it. Mm -hmm. So I start and then I continue and then I continue. Would that be measured? You know, could you see that? There's all of these little different bits of variables in there that I Well, that's the thing. What if you get interrupted? I mean, do we have to know every time someone takes a leak? Right. comes back to it? Like, it just makes no sense. I don't see why it's that important, I guess. But, you know, advertisers want to know that. So I guess for, for, for us and for you guys who want to monetize your podcast, that's possibly going to be an objection that you get from p- possible sponsors. So your job is to be able to figure out how to sell what you do know about your audience yeah. and how they do engage and what they do need and how they do take action with you that is... That's like trying to find out how many people are reading an article and get interrupted at the doctor's office. Does that mean you don't advertise in that magazine? Right. Like that makes no sense. No, no advertiser is going to ask you that. You just need to know, like, and even for a magazine, like you just need to know distribution. Knowing how many people get the paper is not the same as knowing how many people read the paper. You can never know. You can never know how many people just let it stack up in their basement or let their cat shit on it. You never are going to know. You just have to know how many people are getting it. The download number is the amount of people who have it available by choice, on purpose. It's so different than even getting the paper, right? They have it on purpose because they've chosen it. Like out of a thousand billion other shows, somehow they pushed play on yours. And whether they do five minutes or 50, I don't think it makes a difference. That's just me, though. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) I know. And so, I mean, I completely agree. I, I agree with, with all of that data. I think that we, there is a certain understanding right now or a certain responsibility that we need to, or, or maybe a, not even a responsibility. That's not it. It is prior information, prior ways of measuring audio, perhaps in a different type of, uh, or dealing with advertisers in media that is different than in podcasting. But the thing is, what's happening is people are coming into podcasting because they start to hear that there is a specific, um, there's money in here, right? So they are bringing their already predetermined ways of measuring things so that they fit into this new model and it's not. And so they keep on fighting to make it fit. Therefore, let's change the name to audio on demand. Let's change it to be just like everything else is because that can be measured. So anyway, those are some of my thoughts about that. Yes. Yes. Well, it's an interesting discussion. It's interesting. Yes, it is. All right. Well, that was a long commercial break that you didn't really know happened. (laughs) (laughs) Poor May. So I want her to sit with her own microphone and pretend right next to you. Yes. Elsie wants her to go away. <laughs> I should have put that. You know what? Next time I'm just going to, uh, so that you guys can hear what we're doing, I'm just going to open up Boss Jock. Yeah. How's that? You can. I'll just, I'll just open that up. And then you can hear the conversations that happen in the quiet places or in the, in the snipped up places or even in the, the moments of a deeper breath in She Podcasts. 
But you know, <laughs> don't you need headphones for Boss Jack? Can you record on Boss Jack without headphones and you just can't hear it? Because I find, I don't remember it being so successful unless I was plugged in with an ear set. I can't remember. I don't know. Well, Maybe this is not I a good commercial. I remember the last time that I put it out there, but who knows? I know, like at this moment, we're doing a great job of selling this app. This is not I a good. But it's, been a while, but it's been a while since I've like recorded the way that you're saying. And I was just thinking, like, maybe I should have just opened it up and then ha- and have recorded this as a bonus feature of I was just going to say, sh- should our side convos be bonuses? And then we, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot I could record on Bosch that I have, actually. I have recorded a lot of, like, little conversations my husband has with my son while they're, like, in the shower and stuff. Because he hasn't been able to give him a bath because of the breathing thing. So he gives him a shower and, like, sometimes they talk about, like, the best bassists. <laughs> rock and roll oh my gosh sometimes your son (laughs) no but i mean he listens and sometimes he repeats what scott says which is adorable oh my god yeah it's really cute cute. and i've used boss jack for that just to have little snippets and stuff and then also i've used it to load those kinds of snippets so that when i am recording by myself i can either do an intro and an outro i can just add little sound effects like oh that's cool like that's easy that's so nice yeah time for the bullshit segment and then you just (laughs) keep talking (laughs) <laughs> yeah now I've so there's used that. bullshit so just in case for my sponsor those are, i know oh my God. i'm very sorry but now Tom. in the um so those of you who have just started listening to she podcast boss shock is an is app our sponsor for ios and they're amazing who is also our sponsor so you guys can check them out at boss jock app.com app.com you like how we did that that wasn't even please. planned we just did it i know that's pretty good that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So anyway, um, and now that we spoke to, about a really bad article, I just wanted to talk about because Liz Kovart, who is one of our listeners, and she's she's actually a you know a very big supporter of podcasting as a whole. She really wrote a fantastic article, and and it that I really enjoyed because she really encapsulates what is going on in this space right now. There's so many different trends in digital communications is what she called her article. And we'll link to it in the show notes here. And she is basically writing this article as a way to let her industry, which is the historical industry here, the historian uh, peeps out there that need to be really into what is happening in um, the digital audio game or even the digital media uh, space and why it's important. And she really encapsulates it into that it's really affecting these four different people, or actually this is like four different groups, major players, traditional media networks, digital media networks, internet entrepreneurs, and consumers. And so she kind of breaks it out. I would assume that we would be under internet entrepreneurs, maybe. Is that where we would fall in through? Or like people, like regular old podcasters? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm here. I'm <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm saying hello. I'm just, I'm not I, I calling you out. I just said that. Oh. But uh, so, yeah, so she was just talking about how there's all of these different kinds of podcast networks that are arising, you know, power numbers, people, of course, like NPR and such yeah. and Gimlet Media, who uh, is Slate, also creating copy more, blogger, mid roll, Gimlet. Yep. Yeah. So there's some of these like, you know, the Rainmaker FM slash copy blogger peeps who have gotten into the network thing, too, because in part, and then here's the thing. It's like I'm wondering, would Copy Blogger still be creating a network if they didn't have the Rainmaker platform? Because really, the reason that their podcast network exists is kind of one of the biggest reasons is to sell their CMS, yes, uh, which is correct. Rainmaker. Which is smart, right? I think. Yes. 
So it's like that's ba- that is why they exist. Basically, that's why copy bloggers creating all kinds of media articles, supporting things, podcasts, and everything is to support that specific platform. Uh, Panoply, uh, which is part of Slate, is also kind of they're aggregating a lot of. They have like in house, not in house. I can't say in house, but they've got some people who are kind of bigger names that are inside of that network. But they're also snagging indie voices out there who are creating content that is hitting specific demographics, perhaps, or you know, areas of interest that perhaps they're lacking in. Uh, and they're sort of adding some of that stuff. Earwolf is sort of the same thing for, for Midroll. And I think that Ear, Earwolf uh, Networks is also capitalizing there on numbers, volume. They're really looking for podcasts that have a lot of audience uh, because they are selling podcast advertising based on the CPM model, based on the more you have, the more money you get. It's not really good for uh, the little tiny person. Uh, Radiotopia is, I think, a hybrid of sorts, too, and Gimlet, which they began as as digital networks uh, from the get-go. One of them, Radiotopia, was a Kickstarter campaign, and it was basically radio for the people. It was, it, it was basically a plea for the people to say, do you want us to create this type of content for you? Would you support us? And there was a huge campaign, I mean, massively successful. And Gimlet was also, um, it's venture capital backed. That's a pretty big new thing here. I don't think that there's anything else that's a content network that is venture capital backed. So I like this article because it sums up really well, like it's succinct. And so it she yes. just tells you, here's like the podcast networks. Here's some people who are kind of like getting in on the game. Here's some people who are starting to offer audio, like just membership only. Here's some stuff you should know about like live stream video and why historians should give a crap, which I love. It's great. It's a great summary of everything that's going on and so easy to understand. Now, she doesn't necessarily comment on like whether these things are positive or negative for podcasting as a whole. And I'm assuming we're going to do that now. But um, yeah. But I like that she just sums it all up. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, in terms of podcast networks, I think that they're great. They've been around forever. Right now, they're getting a lot of people paying attention to them. But from the beginning, I remember that there's, you know, there's been the tech network that people just participated from the get-go, from the beginning of podcasting. They started to really support each other and they decided to become a network, in quotes, but not truly, truly a network. They just sort of were like a posse, if you will, and what they wanted in order to belong to the podcast network, all you really had to do is to add, I think, a bumper at the end of the episode or even at the beginning of the episode to say like part of the tech podcast network, something like that. And then a mention within the show. And what happens then is that you get like uh, cross-promoted along all of these different people that are participating together, which I thought was one of the easiest ways to really get the word out. That's how I heard about a lot of different podcasts were through that, right? There's also been a, a couple of networks that have arisen from, like, let's say you and I decide to create a couple of other shows. One of them is She Podcast, right? We talk about podcasting and then we, we start to, you know, we, we create one from just mommy stuff and then we create one for just like pop culture things. I'm in. Start to no, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> so we have, a, we start to create a network and then when those start to become popular, we start to figure out, whoa, let's add another voice to this. And then then let's say, Jessica, you create a show with somebody else talking about a specific show 
that you really like. And then I do the same thing talking about Downton Apple Abbey. products or something like that with somebody else. And then we just start to aggregate that to our She Podcast Network. But it's under, you know, that the umbrella kind of keeps growing. Mm -hmm. And then if we find someone that we're like, oh, you know what? I love these ladies. Like, I love the conversation they're having or something like, you know, like pop fashion is one of like a podcast that I think is kind of super fun in the conversation they're having about fashion and pop culture and all kinds of funny. Um, And and so I'm like, oh, they would really fit under the network. I let's see if we can get them over. And for the most part, you can either just do it via name or you can also do it via like we manage it. Like we start to then sell the entire network for ads and then able to then hire possible producers, possible places where, you know, um, I don't know, helping them also put their websites up or have it all be hosted in one place because generally that's what ends up happening. I was just going to say again, and I've said this before a long time ago when we were talking about networks, the whole point of a network with all these Rainmaker, Panoply, Midroll, Radiotopia, Gimlet is that they're all hosted on their own thing. They do not each have their own. Like if you go under shows and let me hit startup, for example. And see, and, and really just to clarify really quickly, Jess, what you're talking about is that they're all hosted under the umbrella of one website. Yes. But sometimes some of these, uh, in terms of their media hosting, sometimes they do host in a specific platform. Uh, sometimes they don't. Like there are some networks who the podcast themselves have, like one would have their, you know, audio on SoundCloud or one in Libsyn, one on Blueberry or something like that. And they're really not all together. But for the most part, all of the shows are hosted in one media place. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Continue with what you're saying because I, I do want you to bring this forward. I just don't think it makes sense for us to have a network with sites all over the place. Because right. the, uh, advertisers, totally. the advertisers may benefit and the podcasters may benefit, but the network doesn't benefit at all because... All they're doing is just being a go-between for the two of them and maybe getting a spiff, but they're not getting the benefit of the web traffic and the popularity that those shows are producing. And I just think yeah, and also, you know, there's, there's something that happens with the podcast that is driving the conversation, meaning, like, let's say She Podcast would be the podcast that people, let's say everybody really likes She Podcast. Like, that's like the home base. People are coming to our network because of She Podcasts. But then once they come into She Podcast, we can talk about the other podcast in the network. And then they sort of, oh, let's try to listen to this one. Oh, Justin Elsie, you're going to be talking about X, Y, and Z on another, uh, you know, uh, show. So that would be like a really interesting thing that I feel does really help. And it does help a lot. And I think a lot of people can really capitalize that, especially if they're doing advertising stuff. Like Sunny Galtz from New Mommy Media. She's been running a network for a long time and she really zeroes in on young moms. That's Mm -hmm. like her whole thing, right? Young moms like pregnancy, breastfeeding, uh, raising twins, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's all new mommy media. It actually tells you absolutely what everything that you need to know with that title. And she houses a lot of her podcasts underneath that umbrella. So she provides as a podcast network, she provides a lot because she does a lot of the recording as well. 
like on site, meaning they come to a specific location. She's got like a studio, if you will, setting. And then they have like roundtable discussions or they record their audio inside of there, which I find that it's a really interesting way to do things. She's been doing this for a while and she started it from the get-go with a very clear vision. So it wasn't like she just started pod. She she came in with like, I want to have a network. Mm-hmm. So, which is really And actually lovely. another really good example of someone who does this, but they all have separate sites is the Noodle MX network. Noodle.mx, if you go there, is run by Daniel Lewis. And each one has their own website that he built because he's a designer. And then the podcast art and the website has him listed. And it's all branded the exact, like, I mean, not necessarily the logo, but like the Noodle MX network has a header at the top and all the episodes are in the same branding and font you know you're part of the network because it's all branded similarly but they're all separate sites so i'd be curious to know like i mean i know that he does broker advertisers for these shows once in a while but i'm also wondering like what the motivation was for having the network and like what he hopes to come of it because they're not all it's not like she podcasts where we pick up all women you know we would pick up all women's it's like there's a comedy podcast and a christian podcast and a business podcast or two and then one about a couple about tv they're all different. So does he right. want different advertisers or does he just want to have his own network of like Daniel stamp of approval shows? I'm sure if he's <laughs> listening, he'll tell us. But, yeah. um, well, but here's here's what I have found that has been really helpful for a lot. Now, I don't know if, the, if Daniel's thought process around his network stuff. And we've asked him. I actually asked him to do a webinar on networks. We have. <laughs> um, because I think it's really interesting. So he's been running it for a long time. But um, another network that's that I feel really helped uh, a movement was the SQPN network, which is the StarQuest production network. And it is a Catholic media, new media network. And what happened is... Father Roderick, who runs it, he got a lot of people listening to his thoughts on pop culture things. Are these the because, nuns you've been working with? No, this is a oh, this is a, okay. a completely different network. And so Still, Father cool. Roderick's and it's really cool because he he really loves pop culture. He really is in yeah, the flow of like Wars movies show. and TV. Yeah, and, he, yeah, and all there's a Star Wars show and a Once Upon a Time show, the Hobbit show. Yeah, it's so cool and. And so what happened what he, was he what he found is that people as a ministry which is really interesting the way that he put it on as a ministry in terms of Catholicism he found that there's a lot of people who were like splitting their you know they go to church but they don't really like do anything other than that and they just kind of like live their lives and then there's their lives and then there's church on Sunday and that's about it. But then when he started podcasting about Star Wars and The Hobbit and, you know, Once Upon a Time and whatever it is, all of these different things, he started to really be so excited about the pop culture, like the culture. But because he's a priest, he brought God things into it or themes that arose in certain books or literature or pop culture things that were sort of like, oh, it's like, you know, the Catholic Church about this thing, blah, blah, blah. And he would bring it into it. And so that it made people kind of go, oh, he's a priest, but he's really like this. And so it brought people back kind of into the church in a different way. And so their Keystone podcast are the pop culture casts. Those are the ones everybody listens to. Mm-hmm. But then he cross promotes, you know, if you want to have a little bit more religious kind of podcast, we do have these, right? And those, of course, are not as listened to as the pop culture ones because, well, because they're just not. <laughs> um, and so that's actually been his thing. Whenever there's a new 
pop culture thing that's out there, he usually gets very excited and he just creates a podcast around it. And that's, that's so how fun. he starts to sift in new listeners to the entire network. And also Quick and Dirty Tips is a network that is all housed by Quick and Dirty Tips. And now they have um, publisher Macmillan yep. behind them and they make books and stuff. But anyway, it's really cool the way that you just have all these different examples of networks and what they can do. I think it's really fun. And then Liz goes into membership stuff. Membership stuff. And I was going to say that more players entering, like, didn't I send you an article about Amazon creating their own audio? Yes, you did. And you're I right. Guess and it, well, Pandora is going to start creating their own audio probably, and Netflix maybe, yeah. and Hulu maybe. And they're going to enter and have their own networks. And I know everybody's just afraid they're going to eat our lunch. We'll see. Well, well, I think what she's mentioning here, too, which is really a key aspect that she observes as well, is that, you know, whenever you're consuming audio, you're you're like downloading audio or you're consuming either TV audio or movies or things like that. You have an array of different places that you can do it. You can buy it outright from iTunes. You can subscribe to Netflix. You could do Hulu. You could write, find some of this stuff on YouTube. You can rent movies from YouTube. You can, you know, there's all of this stuff that's coming out, right? And you have the ability to download all of these different types of streaming video for yourself. But with podcasts, that does, that's not the case. If you start to look at, the, at your personal stats, the majority by far between 60 to 70% is all Apple properties. Like there is no other choice. It's generally just Apple, mm-hmm. period. So what this is really bringing attention to is that there are other places that are going to be offering, particularly the distribution of podcasts, meaning Spotify, who's, you know, hopefully now that they're live, speaking of Spotify, you can find us now. If you have Spotify, you can search for She Podcasts. You have to go under audio shows. It says shows and you have to go into shows and then audio shows and we will be there. So you can actually stream us there and listen to us within Spotify Google Play should be possibly possibly live by the time this goes live because it seems like they are getting nearer to be launched, which means that podcasts will then be available via the Google Music, Google Play Music, which is huge because it's a native place that uh, podcasts are inside of Android. So I'm interested to see if that is going to grow, if that's going to take some of the data away from possibly iTunes being the boss of everybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that's really interesting. But then she goes into membership and membership has its privileges, meaning that there's a lot of people who are creating content like Panoply. Again, it's this thing called Slate Plus, And then it's like for $50 per year, you get access to all this stuff. Gimlet Media is doing the same thing, 60 bucks a year. Radiotopia, you can subscribe to, you know, there's like monthly donation things. So all these people get like little bonus content. It's sort of like, Patreon, but on steroids. <laughs> yeah, right. For everybody, you know, like their own network is creating this. I'm not sure how I feel about that because it's tough. I mean, after already investing in things like Netflix and Hulu, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to have another monthly bill, another little monthly bill. Like, you, you know, don't think it'll oh, just it's all only be included? $5. Oh, and only $10. Oh, $20 a month. I don't see how they're going to even make the Netflix app comparable to something like, like, when you go on Netflix, it's all video. Like, it's not, they can't just turn it into Spotify or turn it into Pandora. Will they have to have a separate app and then, yeah, another separate charge? Because I'm definitely not going to add two bucks to my, to every subscription just so I can get their goofy podcasts. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I think what it would be is for you to have to download their app. That's how they hose it. That, that hose it. That's how they host it. <laughs> that's how they hose you. That's how they hose it. Um, <laughs> to be able to have, you have to have the app. They have to be able to get the content in a specific way to consume it, right? Right. And then, you know, there's just, another thing. What? Go ahead. It's just bull because if they don't put it in iTunes then they're not playing the right game, I don't think. I mean, all these networks, all that's, this is all in iTunes. It all has to still be in one place, like the television or the radio. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, iTunes you know what? is the one place. I kind of agree place. with that but, because, um, you know, Don McAllister, I'm really interested to see how he built up the infrastructure for his stuff because he does membership models as well. And I'm not sure how he does this, but, you know, all of his, um, so screencasts online is perhaps... Uh, it's the only podcast that I pay or like that I subscribe to basically for content. And it is, I can't remember how much it is, the membership for that. And he creates a bunch of tutorials that are iOS and Mac apps and mm-hmm. uh, or, or even just Mac related that he puts out. He puts out, I believe, one tutorial a week. So if you ever, you know, and, and it's an incredible wealth of information. It had to help me out so many different times. Um, but what's really interesting is that he he has a free feed that's at iTunes, right? So you can go into iTunes and you can get a lot of his tutorials. And you can, there's also sometimes he'll create a tutorial that is half as long as a real tutorial. So it'll be like a 20-minute snippet of a 40-minute tutorial on GarageBand, which is the most craziest thing ever because you kind of like, no, because you start to you know watch it or something and you want the rest of it. But that's the whole point. You get the rest of it by being a member. But this is the key to this. If you want to get all of his content via iTunes, he has a protected feed. So if you're trying to subscribe to something in iTunes, it'll give you a pop-up to input your password. And then you put your password in there and then you can get it. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You can do that also on like any other apps. So if I want to put the RSS feed into whatever app of my choices that I want to watch to watch all those tutorials, it has a little thing where you could put like password protected and you can put your password in there and that way you can access that feed. So it's a password protected feed. And I like that. I don't know what the back end looks like. I don't know how hard it is for him to do this. I have no idea like who does the support if like somebody can't log in because I could just imagine. But then at the same time, you know, these people are all techie for the most part. So I would assume that he doesn't get like, how do you open the app (laughs) yeah that kind of stuff the last thing that liz talks about here is that uh, you know out in right field the live stream video which came out last year basically last year it was periscope meerkat uh and you know blab all of these kinds of i still would like to do blabs with you when we were i think it would be great you know but it's just so like i was on this uh sunday saturday uh, I wanted to do uh, ask the podcast coach. Somebody posted on the She Podcast group, and I was like, "Oh, I have a little bit of time. Maybe I can come say hi to Dave and whoever's on." They were doing a blab, and mm-hmm. so I'm like, "Oh, here I am. It's super easy, right, to go on?" So of course I get on, and guess what happened? Nothing. They couldn't hear me. <laughs> That's happened to me a couple times. You have to kind of like yeah. unplug and plug back in. It's very annoying. And like, I know. And so then I'm like, I really don't. This is too much stress for me because then I, I then it know, all becomes about troubleshooting because then it becomes like I feel like a dork because I can't because I don't even know. I didn't even know where the buttons were to check where the sound was coming from. And then the other thing is whoever's doing the show, he's in the middle of a show and he's having this girl come in three or four times and you cannot hear her there. And that wastes 10 minutes of his time. Right. Yeah. 
and it's annoying. And then there's another guy who kept wanting to come on. And basically when he got on, he was like, oh, yeah, so what is this show about? Who are you? What are you doing? Do you work for Blab? Oh, my God. And then you're – and, you know, you always have that person who comes on. And it's like, listen, dude. Yeah. We're not here to talk to you. Bugophagus. <sighs> yeah. That so anyway, there's that part. Those are the things that really bother me about Blab. It's just annoying. As I, I would like out. to get into a live stream video thing. If I think if I can get my hair to a point where it doesn't embarrass me on a regular basis, I might do it. But ever since Periscope came out, my hair's been really short, and I'm very conscious of which old celebrity I look like that day. So <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm just going to say I'm not ready. So I'm the not. excuse is your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is why I have Got new it. glasses, so I'm not. I mean, I'm not bothered by I'm no, be no makeup. I'm going to be getting some too after I get my eye exam. Duh. My yeah. eyes examined. So, well, thank you, um, Liz Covart. We are yes, going to be great article linking Liz. this is a to this article out there because I really enjoyed reading it, and she wanted a little bit of discussion about this stuff. And so much more to talk about. Uh, th- this is because Liz also l- wanted n- opinion too, because we kind of reiterated what she said. But opinion for me is that I'm sensing a very big rift happening in the podcasting space that we might possibly talk next time because we've been going on for too long. And in terms of trends, it's like there's the you know, unfortunately, there's the radio folks that are coming in and they're they're really uh, stating or stating a claim in the podcasting space. And then there's the kind of like the rest of us. And I'm not talking about content or even money. I'm talking about, uh, how would I say it? Like they're just coming in and bringing in a lot of um, ideas that don't apply to the way the indie podcasters or those of us that have been doing this for a while have been in the space. It's sort of like you walk into an existing party and you decide that it's now going to be this type of party, not that type of party. Yeah. Yes. So I see the rift you know, happening. I'm going to try and mend it as much as I can while it's happening. That's going to well, be good. my that's going to be my mission is to either try and keep the parties together or at least try and explain one half to the other half so that we can all be at the same part so that we can have one of those parties like in um weird science where the bikers come in. No, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like it's like yeah, yeah it's a high school party, but bikers are allowed. That's all I'm saying. I want to be able for everybody to well, hang out. Well, we're the bikers, according to them. Because, see, with them, it's like, that's how I feel. I feel like, you know, we would sh- show up for the party. And then they kind of like are like, oh, it's those guys are here. Who invited them? I feel You know, that's like... the kind of feeling. It's like more of like the like the mean girls kind of thing. See, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. I think indie podcasters are treating the broadcasters like, why don't they want to hang out with me? They're not asking. Yeah, me. totally. How come they're not asking me to be on their network? Yeah, we're just looking at them like, oh, they have so much to offer. There's all of these really good, positive things that they have going on. We'd love to learn from you, but we don't get any of that whatsoever. It's sort of like, oh, you have a, oh, that's nice for you. That's nice. You have a podcast. Well, because they see, and rightfully so, independent podcasters as people doing it from their homes. I mean, think about, I mean, yes, I, we, you and I and everyone listening knows how hard it is to podcast, that it's hard work, that it takes time. But we don't have to wear pants, though. See, these people went to school for broadcast journalism and broadcasting and audio and production and content. And they live in New York and and leave their apartments every day and ride the frickin subway and and schmooze with one another and claw their way to the middle and do all the things that we as independent podcasters just turn on a mic and 
and spout our knowledge. It's nothing like what they've gone through and had to go through to even get to the point where they've even gotten this job. And then like podcasting all of a sudden is popular. And so they're trying to figure out how to include it in their mix, in their life, in their world. It's not even I know it feels like an insult that we're not being considered, but I think it's because they think it's just a totally different animal, completely different, but relevant or not. Like, what do we have to share with them that's, like, super relevant? My God, dude. The audience them, engagement. Though, them. They don't understand the, the, the heart of podcasting. And I can tell you, they don't understand the heart of podcasting. They don't, they don't need understand to because their show is mass-produced. It doesn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. You just asked, what can they learn from us? Why would they need to learn that, though? Because they want to grow their own audience numbers. They want to continue to, to expand. They want to have more audience interaction. They are looking for the same things that we have. The only things, thing, things that they have that we don't is basically the gear and the, the training, if you will. But and the still, popularity and the celebrity well, exactly. and the but notoriety. Their pain points, though, Jess, are the same. Yes, their pain points are true. still like... You're going to ask them, like, what is it that you're looking for to do? Like, let's say Serial or whatever podcast that's produced really nicely is done. They're all looking to grow. All of them. All of them are looking to get more insight into who their audience is and to get audience engagement. By them growing, we all benefit. And they don't have to do anything to grow except exist because they're more famous. They're more popular. And we already knew about these people because they were already famous on some other media channel. That's what's making their shows sail above the rest of us is that they were already on television or radio to start with. All we have to do is exist in the same space and we will naturally gain more audience as a result but we they don't have to learn about the heart of anything because they're not doing the same thing in any way you know what i mean but the thing is when you said we just have to exist in the same space that's not happening it is so right now it is well i don't think so because there's like you know it's it's really not about getting to know us at all it's not getting to know really what the kind of work that's being done it's not about listening to any of the indie type podcasts. It's about preconceived notions as well about the type of yes. work that we put out. Yes. And, you know, what I've been listening to a lot of the podcasts, again, that I, I requested names of, you know, different type of like interview podcasts and solo podcasts and things like that. And there are some that are really, really great. Of course. Of course. And there's some, of course, that you listen to and you're like, oh, my God, what happened? Right? Listen, but then that's anything the, that's that the... you and I produce is going to be more interesting to listen to than Serial as far as I'm concerned. It's so boring. <laughs> it makes me want to kill myself. There are so <laughs> many other podcasts just in our own group that are more interesting than This American Life or, I mean, just be, just from... The simple fact that, like, we aren't trained or strapped down by any kind of corporate um, agendas. So we can just say and do whatever we want. It's a beautiful thing. But I'm just saying, like, it's possible that eventually they'll have their own channels and we'll have our own channels. And we'll, but I mean, it's, why can't it be like YouTube where the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon's videos and then underneath that it says, well, if you like this, you'll love this schmuck from Alabama who farts yeah, with a spoon I in his butt or whatever. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, I would totally dig that. That's I what's happening that. now. It's just that podcasters are too curmudgeon 
to no but you know what that isn't happening now because in youtube you do see that if you you know you have all of those little videos on the right hand side and you see like the homemade things that are in, you know I, a lot more helpful you iTunes don't see also. that in yes, itunes you, yes you do no you don't yes you, you do get 30 we were, we just talked about it 30 percent of podcasts uh, in itunes are all uh, they're the ones that are featured are all npr folks they're featured yes but i'm saying if people are in gimlet or whatever like even if they're on the itunes page at the bottom it says other rec- you know things that are similar and it's not all npr stuff like it's business stuff or whatever's in the i mean it's true itunes yeah. is doing a lot of promoting of that crap and of course they're going to do that because they have all the cash that's the same thing that happens on youtube right. as well i mean check and out the tonight the show that's check right. out conan o'brien check out hulu and vivo oh and whatever because that'll always be that way but i wonder if like what would happen if like we won the lottery and we had a lot of money and we could just go to iTunes. Could we buy ourselves into the spotlight? You think we could do that? Yes. Lots of people buy themselves into this. We could just be like, here's a check. Listen. Put me in the front of iTunes for three months. There are months many people that have bought their fame. Yeah. I mean, you want to yeah. know why Facebook ads? I mean, yes, there are people. First That's of all, Facebook ads. Yeah. I mean, look at Entrepreneur on Fire. Like you can see you go to his latest monthly. You see what he spends on Facebook ads a month. Right. Of course, that's why they're growing. If they didn't do that, they have to have a marketing budget of something. And ours is going to be different than his. And so our notoriety is going to be different. That's okay. That's fine. But I'm just saying there doesn't have to be such a rift because it's not the same product. To me, it's not the same right. product. It's like saying you want to hand make your necklaces with love and care and you want to twist the wire and make the thing. And then you get mad because Kohl's is selling diamond jewelry for $200. It's just not the same product. It'll never be the same product, but that doesn't mean we can't have jewelry and they can't have jewelry. And we'll have our little jewelry fest where we go and sell our handmade necklaces that we sweated and bled over. And they'll have their bullshit that people can buy for $199 on, you know what I mean? Like it's just, they're different. They're just different products to me. I don't want them to be mad. You're, right. uh, you're completely right. And that's why I don't like to engage too much on that conversation. You're correct. It's just yeah. that it's really hard when it's, you know, every time you go with your little jewelry and you're like, hey, look at that. They just like sit right in front of you and yes. they're like, here. And then this you're is, like, wait, this is where I used to sit. Mm-hmm. This is why it hurts. It hurts because Lena Dunham automatically gets a show on BuzzFeed when you and I both know I'm funnier. That's why it hurts. <laughs> Right. That's why it hurts. Bottom line, that it hurts because they're not asking us. They're just going with who they already know. And it's hurtful. It's not uh, it's not a direct insult, though. It's the same thing as like, you know, it's the same reason why I created Lady Business Radio. Like, I'm not going to get mad at all the dudes for having Pat Flynn and freaking Lewis Howes on their show and not asking me. How are they supposed to know to ask me? They're not. I'm just, you just start your own thing and you become famous in your own right. And this is sort of the same thing. Like the guys who are mad about this are very, very well known in the podcasting space for their own notoriety and what they've done for podcasting so far. That's not going to change or get any smaller just because Ira Glass comes in with his cup of coffee and his turtleneck sweater and does a Miss American Life on a podcast. Like it doesn't make anybody's achievements any less. It is annoying that they haven't asked Rob or Dave Jackson or whoever like, hey, what's your opinion? You've been doing this since the dawn of time. But the reason they're not asking is because they're not trying to do what we we do. They're trying to do the corporate like big boy studio version of what we do. Just yeah, it's annoying because we don't have the money for that. We don't have the I don't know. I feel like I'm doing like a Revenge of the Nerds synopsis, like the movie Revenge of the Nerds. Like, maybe that's yeah. what we should just frame it up. Don't need ne- to be yeah. those guys. Yeah. I think I don't want to be that. 
I get it. Sorry. So I, it can't right. be a show unless I rant. And no, well, uh, yes, but that's good because now we're going to close it up in a very beautiful place. If you have anything to add to this or to, you know, I'm any sure you uh, uh, to add the conversation, please send uh, feedback to feedback at shepodcast.com. Feedback at shepodcast.com. You can write us an email. You can um, send us audio feedback, which would be great for us to post here. Or you can discuss in the She Podcast group. I know it's exclusive. Sorry. It's over at facebook.com slash groups slash she podcasts. And you can find us there. And I think that that's And then about we're it. also Please. on Spotify now. And so you can check us yeah, out we are on Spotify. Spotify, which is so exciting. You can and then look don't us for- up there. Don't forget our... Um, don't forget to check out our editor too, John, AudioEditingSolutions.com. He's the bestest. And we have a new show together called To Be Honest. And I believe the website for that is ToBeHonestPodcast.com. Um, but check out John. He's the best editor. He's going to make this show sound like the shiznit. Yeah. ShePodcast.com slash pants off is our webinar that yes. you can sign up for. Please. It is all, it's like podcasting 101 on steroids. It's yes. going to be long. It's going to be packed, jam full. It's going to be hopefully one of the best free resources out there to start your podcast. So please share it or sign up and get better yes. at, what, at this podcasting thing that we do together. As usual, sorry for the rant. It's all right. We love Just Rants. And um, that is it. Thank you so for hope listening. You guys- yes. We love okay. you. Love you. Mean we it. love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>